This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hello and welcome back to the Weather Lounge. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller, and thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to listen to our podcast about weather. And joining me here, as always, in the Weather Lounge is my jovial co-host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik. Hey there, Mike. Hey, what's going on, Brad? Not too bad. I don't know if I used jovial before, but I like that word. It's it's it's, it's kind of cheerful, and uh, you know we need a little cheer and some uh, some happiness here in the middle of the winter. I think you have used it before. I think you're just copying. Uh, I like old, jovial though. <laughs> you are you are a jovial individual, Mike. So yeah, 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 absolutely, a hundred percent. Anyway, uh, hey, don't we have somebody else here uh, on our podcast today? Too? I believe so. One of, one of our most special guests. Uh, there he is. Me, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, hey. I, it's me, guys. What's up? How's it going? Hey, it's our production guy, Mike Priante. And featured meteorologist for South Jersey here at Weatherworks. Yes, that's right. And let me tell you, it's been crazy for South Jersey so far this winter. I mean, there's places that have gotten more snow in Atlantic City. Then, well, at least a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think uh, back in January, Atlantic City had more snow than Binghamton, although that's probably changed at this point. But still, that's ridiculous that 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 they've had more snow than than, than an upstate New York uh, city. It's just yeah, ridiculous. and that's what we're going to talk about here on this podcast. We're going to kind of take a break from you know all the other stuff that we've been doing, and we're just going to talk about what's been going on so far up to this point here in the middle of February, and uh, kind of maybe uh, take a stab at what we're expecting here for the last uh, really month month and a half of winter yeah no absolutely and it's funny you mentioned that about uh, Atlantic City Mike uh, because out here in uh, eastern Pennsylvania we're kind of in a snow hole yeah <laughs> um big a little bit of a drought here I don't have a whole lot of snow on the air actually let me check my notes here for my house uh 13.9 is all for the year Wow, uh, here in uh, my location in Eastern yeah, and I'm, I'm up here so. in the Poconos, just a little north of Mike there, and, and uh, I'll tell you, it's about the same. I mean, you know, we've had a couple of little systems, basically, you know, three inches here, five inches here. I think the biggest snow we've had has been about a five-inch snowfall at one time. Um, you know, a lot of little ones add up, but I'm probably not much different from what Mike is. Maybe a couple more inches, but it's definitely under 20. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I had thirteen point nine on the year, Mike. What did Atlantic City get in one storm recently? A little over fifteen inches. Right. So, congrats, Atlantic City, I guess. And they had another one too earlier in the year. I mean, early in the winter, not early yes, in the winter. Yes, that but... is that is right, Brad. They actually had another storm, uh, which I believe it wasn't. As it wasn't that actually, much? You know what? They actually. They they had fifteen and a half and a half from this most recent storm, right? But they had about ten inches from the first storm that fell, right. which actually brought them more snow than Binghamton, which is crazy to think about. But of course that has changed. But yes, they so far they've had a cumulative total. If I can add this up here, um, that's twenty five about twenty eight inches so far wow. this year, Atlantic City. Come so, on, man. And what's their average? Oh, that's a good question. Um, come on, Mike. You're supposed to have these numbers. Well. <laughs> Let's just say, yeah, they're. I think they're above average so far through. Uh, they definitely have to be above average. They're they're well above yeah. average. I mean, considering I think the average around the Allentown area in, in eastern Pennsylvania, I think is around thirty-five or six inches. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely over their average. Um. So yeah, they had that much snow in one day. My biggest one day total here is four. Yeah. That's, that's it. About right. 
for me it was seven seven and a half here in uh, union new jersey yeah so. that's right because mike yeah as you get closer to the coast i mean they had you know that one system that was that the big nor'easter but it was the gradient on that thing was crazy yeah yeah i mean that, that was definitely good you know i did have one fun time uh when i had a, a lake effect streamer come through and drop one inch that that's was right kind that was of interesting that was back in band yeah, it was like mid uh, January, and that was kind of interesting because it was like my own private snowstorm <laughs> um, because everywhere else didn't see as near as much. Um, but uh, man, if you discounted that, eh, I'm almost barely over a foot. Now, how about uh, those those people out in the um, uh, you know in Massachusetts and just mm-hmm. man, I mean they <laughs> they've. Uh... They, they, they've been getting a lot of snow. I mean, they, this past storm was, was ridiculous. Places got over, you know, over two feet of snow. It's crazy. Yeah. Back on, um, you know, late, uh, January there from basically the 28th through the 29th, I believe. Yeah. Now that, that was a storm that produced blizzard conditions. Yeah. I mean, but you know, honestly, before that, there wasn't a whole lot of snow, even up in, uh, Southern portions of new England. Um, you know, first part of the year was kind of on the quieter side, you know, it did get cold for a time and towards the end of November there, but then December wasn't a whole lot. Um, but things kind of changed as we head into Jan- headed into January, you know, that's when we had uh, the pattern starting to shift around. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, I remember we were all talking around Christmas and we were, you know, I think we did a video around there and we were actually, I think we were talking about the severe weather in the Midwest and then we were talking about how there were some signs that we were going to, you know, start with a uh, colder and more active pattern here in the Northeast in early January. And basically that's kind of when it kicked in, um, you know, just after New Year's. And we seemed like we, it seemed, you know, what's weird about this January is that we always have like milder spells mixed in with, you know, longer duration cold. This past January has been just basically downright cold, I think, at least here in the Northeast. Probably the coldest since we've had since what, 2014, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it just hasn't been a, uh, you know, just a up and down year uh, month. It was it just basically turned cold and then it stayed cold. Yeah, you know, and it's like one of those, you know, anybody who's a snow lover out there, you get the cold with no snow and you're just sitting there and going like, oh, this is a waste. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's nine degrees, but who cares? You know, I'm getting no snow. There's green grass outside. Yeah, how about that one system though? Do you remember it was a couple of weeks ago when it was an Arctic outbreak over the weekend? It was below zero Saturday morning. It was near zero Sunday morning, and then by like that Sunday night, I think it was, a lot of places were already raining. They they we went up like forty degrees in a in a span of like twenty four hours. Yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember yeah. that weekend, but I just remember <laughs> everyone's like, I can't believe it's raining outside. It was just minus four uh, yesterday morning or something like that. Yeah, no, no, I, uh, I totally uh, remember that one uh, here in the Northeast. Yeah, I think we uh, had some freezing rain at least to uh, kick off that system because at least the cold there was hard to budge out for a little while. And the, the surfaces, and we we were getting freezing rain reports above freezing because it was just so cold on the on the ground. Right, and that can't happen. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, if you have a cold spell like that, those ground temperatures do get a, uh, below freezing, and they stay there even when your air temperature goes up. So. You know, sometimes it could be like 35 degrees and you're still getting an icy condition on those ground surfaces because of it. Um, so that is uh, some one of the interesting things that can happen uh, after you've been that cold. 
But uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm in a bad mood because my area is just not getting snow. And I'm sure many of you out there uh, across the country, if you're stuck in a in a snow uh, drought, um, you're you're probably feeling the same way. I, I, you know, just one good storm would be nice. Well, you know, they've uh, I mean, they, there's been snow in places that haven't seen snow in a while. I mean, there was snow in Alabama, Georgia. Oh, good for them. <laughs> I mean, it was flurrying. It was flurrying. There was light snow in northern Florida. So, Mike, I don't know how that makes you feel, but. Yeah. Yeah. And then every time I do get a snowstorm, it uh, blows around like crazy because I live kind of on top of a hill. So um, I never know what I get. So it's very difficult to measure. But anyway. Uh, um, and that's one thing that, you know, maybe we should talk about a little bit is how do you measure snow when it's blowing around crazy like that? Because we certainly had that recently. Yeah, that past nor'easter and uh, the one that produced the blizzard conditions. I mean, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, looking at some uh, reports, you know, up and down the entire eastern seaboard, basically, that got snow. I mean, you know, frustration from measurements from, oh, I can barely measure this because, you know, it's blown around or I, or I measured two inches on this side of my yard and two feet on this side of the yard. So how, how, are, you supposed to, how are you supposed to figure out how much you actually yeah. fell? Yeah, I mean, well, how you're supposed to do it is you need to find areas that are not prone to drifting. Um, so, or I should say prone to getting scoured out too, because you know, in, in that system, you know, you have bare pavements and then you had, you know, two, three foot drifts too. Um, so you got to try to find a happy medium where it doesn't look like the drifting happened all that much. And then you measure that location, then try to find another location with the same kind of conditions. So you, you take multiple measurements in areas that don't look to be drifted, and then you average them all together, and then you come up with the most representative amount. Um, so that's pretty much the best way to go about it. Um, and, you know, and I can see how there was frustration in measurements. I mean, think about my own house. I think I had about three inches from that system. Um, and I had to shovel out the bottom of my driveway three times <laughs> Yep. because, and there was only three inches. Um, but, uh, the way the wind was blowing, it was catching in the swale and, uh, it just kept recovering. And that, that I think was the big challenge in this storm, you know, so much powdery snow, so much blowing, drifting snow, things just kept recovering and recovering. And, um, you know, that's, that's what made it so difficult. And, and that was some of the frustration we get from some of our clients here at Weatherworks. I mean, I remember talking to a few folks out on Long Island, you know, basically as the storm was wrapping up, that was when the wind was really starting to pick up. And, you know, most areas got their two feet of snow, you know, especially on the east end of Long Island. But, you know, they would clear it. And then within two hours, they'd have to go back and clear it again. There's nothing you can do about that. It's just because we were getting gusts of 50 miles per hour you know, after the storm exited and, uh, it just was, it was just, that's just something that, you know, unfortunately they got to deal with when the wind's blowing like that. And like Mike said, that powdery snow. And, and unfortunately, yeah, I mean, it, it was a combination of the falling snow and the blowing snow that, you know, of, of snow that's already on the ground that was causing the issue. I mean, prime example would be if I went back to the 96, uh, blizzard, 1996, I know I'm dating <laughs> myself a little bit. Um, but I remember saying to myself, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm going to keep up with shoveling the driveway in this storm. And then it won't be so bad in the morning. So, well, that lasted for 
uh, about two rounds of <laughs> shoveling. And then I realized that this was going to be all for naught because, you know, I'd come by, I shovel six inches of snow off and I come out, you know, a couple hours later, shovel another six inches of snow, look like I did nothing. Uh, and you know, it wasn't, yes, it was snowing heavy, but it was that blowing snow that kept recovering too. So it just looked like, and you know what? The next morning I went out there, there was, you know, over two feet of snow across the entire driveway. So there was really nothing you can do. Um, it's, it's not that four feet of snow fell. <laughs> it's just that it kept Yeah, I remember shot. that one too. Uh, although, you know what? You could have just waited till the weekend, Mike. Because the one thing, I mean, I remember the snow in that storm. Because I think it was like the highest amount of snow I've ever seen on the ground. It was like up to my chest. I'm not a tall guy, but yeah. still, you know, you can barely move with snow. But I remember the flooding issues after that storm. Mm. I mean, the Susquehanna was so bad, and then you had ice jams, and on top of that, you had three feet of melting snow. I I think it got into the 50s that next weekend with heavy rain, and it was just a recipe of just the worst you could possibly imagine. Yeah, certainly was an interesting uh, setup there, but I would say back to this year, you know, let's go over a little bit like, hey, why did the pattern change in January anyway? Um, you know, um, it's, it's been an odd La Nina though. I mean, usually it's a milder February after a, you know, or I guess we're, we're going into a bit of a milder pattern, but it hasn't been a typical La Nina so far this, this winter, I guess maybe it's just a weakening La Nina is kind of what I'm reading. I'm not an expert on that. Well, I think a lot of the, the, uh, a lot of the, the pattern change was actually forced by what's called uh, the MJO or, or Matt and Julian oscillation, which happens in the tropical Pacific. And it has to do with a bunch of tr- thunderstorms uh, around the equator and, and where they set up is, is where they create forcing in the atmosphere, which changes patterns, you know, you know throughout the globe. Um, so, yeah, we had an MJO go into uh, phase seven, I believe, and possibly even into a little bit of eight, um, which in those phases creates colder, colder weather, weather yeah. on the eastern uh, portion of uh, North America. Um, so I think that's what really did a lot of the forcing there. Yeah, most of December and stuff. Yeah, we were in the kind of like six and five uh, phases. But once we headed into that, you know, that's when we started seeing that pattern change. And there was a little bit of a negative NAO, um, negative AO. It wasn't much. It was almost closer to neutral, um, you know. And then the only other positive thing that was going for us was then the 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 PNA, uh, which is the Pacific North American. That was positive. Yes, that was positive, which which is a big ridge of high pressure on the on the west coast. Who was getting annihilated, by the way. For a while, yeah. And that's when we were mild. Yeah, and that was when we were mild. With so much snow. It was ridiculous. Uh, I remember, you know, helping out with our certified snowfall totals product out in California. And, I mean, we were talking about days and days of snow and talking about amounts that were, you know, 48 inches, 50-something inches. Let me guess, Lake Tahoe? Like a three-day span. Yeah, yeah, Lake Tahoe, Truckee, um, you know, those areas in there were just getting slammed. And I don't even know, uh, you know, have you ever been out that way, Priante, out in California? Have you been to Tahoe or Truckee or anything like that? 
No, but I did used to live in Arizona when hmm. I was a kid. So I I barely remember, but and also never seen snow out there when I was a little, so I can't say. Well, that has nothing to do with. <laughs> oh, I I just I just remember seeing the the the, the cameras it's like from Caltrans and stuff of the passes like Route 80 going through the pass there and like. You know, they got these, everyone, they have to have chains on. And even with that, some of these places were impassable. They had to shut down for like 24 hours just to get enough snow off the road. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Now, granted, they're what, six, 7,000 feet up in elevation, but still, I mean, four feet of snow is four feet of snow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy out there. I was hoping maybe that, Mike, you were, you were out that way. I mean, I don't know. I, I took a stab at it. You know, maybe you're an avid skier or something. I don't know. I've actually never gone skiing or Ooh. snowboarding. I have Ooh. gone tubing. Tubing. Well. Okay. But that's it. Tubing. Yes. And I, I went tubing in the Poconos. Perfect. So, yeah. But I have never gone skiing. I've never gone snowboarding, especially out in the Rockies. I've never, never, ever. I've gone skiing once, and that was also in the Poconos. I think it was over at... Uh, Big Boulder. Big Boulder, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jack Frost, uh, Big Boulder. And uh, yeah, it was one of the two. Jack Frost, Big Boulder, somewhere over there. And um, yeah, all I remember is uh, I started out very badly, crashing <laughs> like off the lift, and they had to like stop the lift because I'm crashing all over the place, and you know, you know, people are getting frustrated frustrated with me and everything. But then I started getting the hang of yeah. it pretty good. And then my friends, you know, in all their wisdom, decided to say, you know, hey, let's go down this trail. It's a little bit different, but it's Black not diamond. too bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I was good. I was on the bunny shush, you know, doing fine, you know. Snowplow? And then doing I, your snowplow? Yeah. Yeah, I started getting up in the into a little bit tougher trail, and I forget what the ratings are. Um, I've only skied one time, but I knew once I saw the sign for Black Diamond, and I was already like committed. I was like, "Oh, this is not good," because I at least knew that Black Diamond was a bad yeah. thing, um, and it was a tougher hill. And yeah, I crashed big time. Um, and you shame know, on I your friend went over the side, and you know, at least you didn't break yeah, anything. I, I mean, I didn't, but thank God. But it, still, I mean, what? Well, you know what? L let's let's talk about the two buzzwords that we always hear about in the in the winter, and uh, we, then we can kind of move on to some general topics. All right. Well, the first one obviously is always polar vortex. So where's that been all year? I mean, every year polar <laughs> vortex, yeah. right? Remember when that was big in 2014 when the first year they became sensationalized, like. The polar vortex is hitting your backyard. Yeah, that's the thing that that, that kind of drove me uh, a little bit nutty uh, when it first started coming around and and polar vortex. When is it going to hit my area? area? When am I going to get the polar vortex? Like yeah, like 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 it's like, a storm system. Like I mean, it's an air mass. <laughs> you know. I think I think the I think the problem with it is the whole vortex of it. You know, people hear vortex, they think of like a. Uh, probably like a tornado derecho. or a cyclone. A, a or winter derecho. Like that. Some, something that's spinning. Yeah. And, and while it is spinning, you know, and, and you know, that's what it is. I mean, it's just a large scale uh, swirl around the pole. You know, it, it's, yeah, like you guys said, it's mostly just a very cold uh, Arctic air um, that's trapped in the polar vortex. Yeah. And, and what happens is that, uh, you know, from time to time, that 
vortex gets disturbed and a lobe of it will break off and will float down into uh, North America or it'll break off into Europe, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's what it basically is. And, you know, a lot of times it's been kind of bottled up there in uh, Canada. Yeah, I mean, and, and we were just talking about the, the, the long duration cold action for January. It didn't have a lot going for it. It, it was just... And, you know, like Mike was saying earlier, we we're talking about the, the NAO was more neutral. The AO was kind of negative, but it just it wasn't the typical duration of cold pattern you would normally see. And on top of that, the other buzzword, there wasn't much blocking. We had a couple of, you know, times where we had some brief blocking, but it just wasn't like like it was a couple like last year, even in February, where we had storm after storm. We just don't have that traffic ahead to uh, kind of slow these systems down. We had the one. And we were able to phase it for the big nor'easter and, and the, the blizzard, um, but uh, really outside of that, it hasn't been all that uh, you know effective this year. And you know what? Funny thing about that you know blizzard that affected New England. I mean, really, there wasn't any blocking ahead of that system. It, it was all storm mechanics. How it phased together with the upper level pieces of energy for that storm to come together just right to hit Southern New England. Now, I mean, honestly, you know, that could have been even more of a historic event. Uh, Honestly, if we had some sort of blocking in the way of that storm to slow that storm down, to maybe make it do like a kind of loop-de-loop off the off the coast, which can happen sometimes. Right, as historic as it was already. I mean, it could have been like... I don't even know what kind of amounts we would have been talking with then. It, it was, there was room know. there to, to even be bigger. That's what... Yeah, yeah. And, and we were missing that piece. We were missing that blocking that could have slowed it down. And guidance was so frustrating for that storm. I mean, trying to figure out... I mean, every couple of runs would come out, one would be out to sea, next one would be on the coast next one out to sea it was just so hard because the, the models were having so much trouble piecing all these or at least putting all these pieces together and timing it like you were saying mike yeah and that was the trouble with the storm it, it, it was it was timing out all those little pieces of upper level energy just right and when it comes down to that models are going to do fairly poorly you know because they're they're just having trouble thinking well which which one of these pieces is dominant? Which one is going to phase with another? When are they going to phase? You know, that's why you saw such a wide range in uh, in guidance. Um, and, you know, it was like you knew the storm was going to happen. Um, so somewhere was going to get hit. And it was just a matter of where exactly will that happen? The 50 to 100 miles, which side of that was, and then, you know, that that was going to be your gradient and basically, you know, who got the heavy snow and who got only, you know, a little bit of snow. I mean, case in point, we talked about Atlantic City before, uh, Mike. Um, like I said, I had about three inches or so of snow here and right near the eastern border of uh, Pennsylvania on near the New Jersey border. And how much again was down there uh, on Long Island? Or not Long Island, I mean uh, Long Long Beach Island, I meant. Um, I mean, they had anywhere from like 15 to 18 inches along the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I mean, crazy amounts. I mean, that that's not that far. Um, as, the, as the crow flies, you know, uh, I mean, what is that? 50 miles, maybe? So it, it's just, it's insane how that worked out. Um, but hey, what about going on through the rest of uh, winter here? 
Yeah, what are, what are we seeing, guys? Well, we should we should consult the groundhog, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. Isn't that where we go first? I don't even know if I remember. What did he end up doing this year? He saw his shadow. So that means more winter, right? Six more weeks of winter, yeah. Back in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Saw his shadow, you know. Yeah, I never, I never got that because <laughs> when you think about it, you know, it's early in the morning. And like, also, there was a lot of fog that day. Yeah, I don't know how he always see. I, I, yeah, I don't understand that. So. <laughs> There's no truth. It's whatever they want to say that year. I, I guess there were so many people, though, there this time uh, compared to the last uh, really two years. Oh, I guess last year only because the year before that was before the, yeah. the pandemic. But they they flip a coin. That's probably what it is, right? Or if, like, maybe the groundhog is upset in the morning or, like, the way it, like, wakes up. If it's, like, angry or if it's happy, that'll determine whether or not it wants winter to continue. Who knows? Who knows? Well, hey, I mean, flipping a coin, that's the way you settle uh playoff games in football right you know you just throw a fl- coin flip like in the uh the the bills uh chiefs game there god i mean you didn't get to touch the football before the uh end of the game that's that's a little crazy i mean i you know i understand what the rules were um and and are but yeah man, i yeah, just felt like that game. was incredibly unfair in that type of shootout situation um where you couldn't at least put it in the hands of the other team um, to see what they can do with it. We'll talk about football in a second. They're all waiting for our forecast here for the rest of the year. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got sidetracked. You know, you're talking coin flips. and I know. Well, no, I promise. We'll go back to football in a minute. We'll, this will be the last thing we talk about weather. But, yeah, the, the, the pattern going forward, I think it's variable. I guess that's the best way to say it. I know that's a kind of a cop-out, but I think we're going to go into more of a – not like a pattern like December that warm, but it's going to be not as cold as January. That's for sure. But also, you know, February sneaky, you know, you can have a day near 50 and the next day you have a snowstorm. It's, you know, we get into more of the thread, the needle kind of systems where, you know, everything has to come together just right, but it happens. And we've seen big storms in you know, mid to late February, and especially even into March. We know that for sure. I mean, the superstorm was in March. You remember that one in '93? That was a little bit further back, but that was that was the biggie. Yeah, no, I remember. It was that so one. strong that it just it it rained along the coast because it was so damn strong. It was just that bad. I mean, and uh, wasn't there a severe outbreak in the south? Yes, that was the one that hit the west coast of Florida with a with a, a, a derecho, if you will, I guess, so at least a, a very strong line of. I mean, they had winds up to 90 miles an hour, and they were getting you know flooding uh, because the water was being pushed so hard against the west coast of Florida there. Yeah, I think it was actually higher than that. I think there was gusts to 100 um, when that came through. If, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe our listeners can let us know if the, what the uh, highest wind might have been uh, with that derecho as it went across Florida. Yeah, but uh, we all know, you know, you know, February is definitely still winter, and it, we're not saying, oh, winter's over. There's, I guarantee there's going to be plenty of winter still for at least another month or so. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of cold shots that continue into the rest of February. And even though, I mean, just like what we've seen the past few weeks, there's just these minor events where it just it's cold enough, so it's it's not just rain, it's freezing rain or sleet. Just annoying events like that, and then we'll have the occasional big storm that could potentially develop again, you know, in some time this month. So, you know, it's still going to be winter. We're not going to be in the 60s and 70s just yet. Maybe the 50s, but not exactly, you know, spring weather yet, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, a lot of talk's been going around recently about, uh, you know, something around Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, that 
that does look like a possibility. We do get a big ridge on the, you know, the west coast of uh, North America there. So a positive PNA pattern. And then, you know, a subsequent trough across the eastern portion of the United States. You know, whether or not that builds into, you know, a, a major storm is, is yet to be seen. But, you know, at least the pattern and the pieces are kind of there. Um, that something could happen, but I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I I don't know. Lately, I haven't seen anything really coming together on on the models. I know there was a yeah. I mean, as as of today, you know, uh, you know, as of the the, the the day that this you know podcast is going out on the ninth, uh, it you know it still kind of had a positive look to it. Where like Mike was saying, it doesn't really want to you know slow down, and and basically a positive trough is gonna not give you a big storm it, it's not going to phase in time you need that pivot and you know capture and um, you know again things can change and we still got you know four to five days to watch it but uh you know so far most of the guidance is kind of taking it out to sea kind of quickly but we'll see yeah i mean again uh, we just we need more of that blockiness across greenland if we get some of that i think we'll be in good shape but you know, at this point, eh, it's not looking great. I mean, we keep getting that nice western ridge, which is which is great, and we need it. But, mm, yeah. So, yeah, it does look like the pattern looks like it still could be cold, still could be stormy um, through, you know, the middle of February, maybe even towards the third week of February. But after that, might see a bit of moderation as we head into March. And then maybe that's where Brad's coming in with his more variable um, with spring kind of encroaching around the corner there so yeah we'll see you know the the the, the you know some of the long range guidance has that kind of subtropical ridge uh kind of nosing its you know head back towards the northwest and you know off the coast of the southeastern united states so basically that's why we were so warm in, in december not warm we were milder than average because of the active southeast ridge and i think that may kind of come back uh for the end of uh the winter here but again we'll continue to monitor and we're not done with winter anytime soon that's for sure yeah that's for sure but uh hey let's go on to the other topics we were looking for well you, uh, you know what the big game is this weekend yeah yeah the big the big game i think it's called uh what is it called uh mike Brianton? uh yes the, the superb owl right yes <laughs> The superb owl, you know the big game. We'll we'll leave that. Yeah, we'll leave that up for everyone to figure out. Yeah, it's 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 a code word um, <laughs> for the actual game. We don't want to. We don't want to upset. We don't want to upset. Yeah, the powers that be could be uh, all over us if we uh, upset them. But if you are listening to this, we really appreciate the the, the listen, and uh, we hope you spread the, the word here and tell all your friends about our podcast because we really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah absolutely anyway the rams against the bengals no, that'll be uh that'll be it's, yeah it's, it's been a good playoff uh, run for both teams I, i'll tell you i think the bengals have been the most entertaining team so far yeah i mean they have been for sure i mean i i, I gotta say i don't know if i would have uh predicted the the rams and bengals uh in in this go around i mean i, I was kind of figuring you know, Kansas City was going to be there with. Uh, yeah, I thought maybe it was going to be like Chiefs against Tampa yeah, or something like that. Absolutely, that's what I was at. I mean, I figured, well, you know, Brady will pull it out somehow. I thought it was going to be uh, Brady and Mahomes in the big game again, um, but I guess uh, it just didn't pan out that way. But hey, this young kid Burrow, he's pretty good. Yeah, I gotta he, say, 
I remember when he played for LSU just a couple of years ago. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's the, I don't know. I just, I just like his attitude. I like the way he's playing. I mean, if I was to say anything, I'd, I'd kind of pick, uh, pick the Bengals to win this one for some reason. And you know what the weird thing is the last time, although I'll tell you, there was some of the things I've been reading the last time that the Rams were actually in the big game was the year before Tom Brady started his career in the in the NFL. Wow. So what you're saying is is that because Tom Brady's retiring, it allows the Rams. It's almost like it's meant to be. <laughs> right. Uh, you don't yeah, again, you know how everyone goes back and there's always used you know, I got to laugh cuz my dad's funny about that kind of stuff. He's like, "Where do they come up with these kind of statistics?" Yeah. You know, when we're watching a sporting event, it could be any event. It could be golf, you know, NHL, it could be, you know, any other sport, but you know, they oh, this guy has never had a interception on third down and 10 in his entire career <laughs> like God, who finds this stuff but yeah so that was something i, I read uh, a couple of days ago about the, the the rams so we'll see i gotta tell you i i am i'm rooting for the Bengals, um mostly because i have uh i i, I have a hobby i collect sports cards on the side so i have uh, several joe burrow uh rookie cards Ooh. And I also have uh, a lot of Jamar Chase uh, rookie cards, so wow. I am uh, sitting on those those puppies. And, I, and, and either one of those could be the MVP of the yeah, big game. So you know that. I'm kind of hoping that uh, they pull this out yeah. because I know where the uh, the prices of those rookie cards are going to go yeah. afterwards. And and you know you know ninety percent of the time the winning team of the big game. Uh, the quarterback owl. is the MVP, right? The, the quarterback is almost ninety percent right. of the time that the, the MVPs. Right. I mean, I mean, think of it though. I mean, it'd be great for uh, Joe Burrow to pull this out because I mean, yeah. last year he had the ACL injury. Um, yeah. I mean, to turn it around, come back, take your team to the superb owl. I mean, <laughs> I love this. It's it's pretty good. Um, I hope this catches on. Maybe it'll catch on, and people will be uh... yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 pretty good. But otherwise, you know, there's there's more things coming up as we head out of winter and, and go into spring. I mean, I don't know if baseball is going to happen with a lockout. You never know. There, well, but... well, you know, yeah, you know, we're kind of going towards. Actually, I was just I get you know all my little messages from my alma mater, Millersville, and stuff, and you know I'll see them on Twitter or. I follow him on Twitter and, and like, oh, Millersville baseball began this past weekend. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm playing baseball. I guess they travel to North Carolina. I mean, we're a Pennsylvania school, but a lot of the northern schools, I guess they go down south for the first couple of weeks. But they, they played their first game already. It's crazy. And, you know, first week of February. So I'm sure Penn State, I, I don't know, I'm, I would imagine they go down south, too, or. You can't play baseball up here. Yeah, yet. I don't know. I never really uh, followed Penn State baseball, so I, I, I you know, don't know exactly how. I think works. a lot of the schools go down there for spring break and stuff, and they and they play a lot of games to, just to get going. But I mean, you have that going on, and then of course, uh, you know, I think uh, the Masters uh, coming yeah. up there. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was—I I can't remember what game it was. It might have been—I know it was one of the playoff games um, on CBS. But you know, they ran their—I um, think it was the first Masters commercial. And again, that's like the, the first sign of oh, springs, and they're like, you know, join us at Augusta. And, and, and at that time, it was still January. But think about—I mean, second week of April—that's that's the Masters. So I mean, we're only 
we're about two months away already from the mass. It's hard to believe. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, always the 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 end game. Like when you get to the Masters and you're like, okay, you know, winter's behind us. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. I, I agree. You know, it's, um, it's time to get going, and you know, that's the the big uh, the big switch. Yeah, yeah, the big switch. That's for sure. And, and didn't you say before, Brad, that the, they have a, a meteorologist or something like that 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 does the weather for the PGA? Yeah, well, no, they have a, they have a traveling uh, they have a traveling crew of meteorologists. Yeah, they uh, they go from from um, you know event to event. I don't think it's the same guys all the time or, or women. It's just they they all they, they, I think they take turns and they go in you know a couple of week shifts. But yeah, they they travel with the tour, and um, it's, it's funny because I follow one of the guys on on Twitter and they talk about how they like to see him out and about because that way they know that the weather's good. And just out watching some of the some of the the you know the, the, the tournament. Um, otherwise, you know, if they're watching, you know, obviously the biggest uh, thing they're worried about is lightning. And you got you know, you know hundreds of golfers, 150 or so golfers on the course, plus the thousands of patrons, you know, out there. And uh, that's the biggest uh, threat, of course, is you know lightning. It's hard to hard to find you know shelter in the middle of a golf course, let alone trying to get you know thousands of patrons uh, into safety and uh, things like that. So. Aren't you uh, aren't you taking off from the fourth through the tenth in April? Me? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got my invite from Augusta. Yeah, you know. What? What? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I saw something about that. I, I see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I would. You're gonna be the traveling uh, the traveling uh, meteorologist, aren't you? I, I've been to Augusta though. I've been there twice when I lived down south for you know many years, but uh, it is a uh, it is a neat place, that's for sure. I mean, I would love to go back, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a some place that if if even if you're not a golfer, it's just so cool to be in. They're very, uh, it's just it's just it's like pristine. It's unbelievable what, how how cool it is there. And and if you do watch it on TV, the TV does not give it justice of how hilly that course is. I mean, it's uh, the the up it's ups and downs between the tee boxes and the greens and there's one hole actually where they let people walk all the time it's between a par 3 like the tee box is on one side uh, is up here and then the green is up on the other side and there's so much distance down in the valley between the green and the tee that you can't see people walking back and forth so balls are going over their heads now granted hopefully these guys aren't going to top the ball and hit, hit some yeah. crossing you wouldn't think. they let people cross while they're playing the hole because there's just it's, it's a probably a good 150 to 200 feet in between the hole and the green so yeah it's 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 neat hey why don't we wrap this up with uh plans anybody going on a good vacation this not summer? really oh this summer oh um i don't know yet that's still a little yeah, too far out still a little kind of spur of the moment Okay, well, this is a really boring question. All right, great, everybody. You know, <laughs> well, I, I, you know what, and, and that's actually a neat. We were talking. You, you mentioned baseball before. Now, my question is, Graham, there's there's the lockout so far. Hopefully, they can fix this thing up here in the next couple of weeks and start on time. I know they already said spring training is going to be a little delayed, but what does that do for like the AAA clubs? Like, like I like to go to Lehigh Valley. Uh, you know down there and even up towards Scranton and see the Yankees farm system. Do they play even though the, like the major league is locked out? I mean, I don't know what the good question, you know, it sounds like we should have a person from the MLB on maybe, right. I mean, 
Yeah, that, that's a good idea. We should have that could be a future episode. I'm thinking about it now. We could talk about, you know, uh, this is going to be more so for spring training or whenever that happens. But I'm thinking of maybe a a topic around you know baseball and weather that could be interesting. Well, we, we had uh, we had uh, the Eagles. Yeah, Tony Leonard, uh, the grounds. Tony Leonard on uh, the grounds. Yeah, he's in charge of the grounds there at uh, Lincoln mm-hmm. Financial and. Um, so that that was a good podcast. I enjoyed that one. But the, yeah, maybe we'll do something with baseball, especially as we get into spring and we get uh, you know out of winter. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, well, I'm glad my uh, vacation planned uh, question flopped. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> check back, check back yeah, in another yeah, month or two, back, and we can uh, all yeah next 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 podcast. Maybe we'll have a better answer for that. And not eh, I don't really have anything going on, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think that does it. Um, that's it for our podcast for this week. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. As always, find Weatherworks on social media and come back in two weeks. We'll have a new episode right here on the Weather Lounge.